Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? It's going good. You guys are listening to one of our More Than Mom episodes. We are setting aside parenting topics as we do every other Sunday and bringing you a very fun topic today, and it is dating as a mom. That's not like a that's not like a metaphor. It is like uh, actually no, go. not dating other moms to be friends with. I'm like literally a mom who is dating. Yep. I think Megan, I have a lot of curiosity about this. I am married and not dating. Yeah. You well, are anybody who's been, you know, who's been partnered for the last 10 years, things have changed, right? right. So I mean, yeah. It, I would venture to say not just changed incrementally, it's like completely different, I yes. I would imagine. So just for all of you who are curious about this and any other single moms out there or those who have friends who are single, um, we are going to pick Megan's brain about what this world of dating, and a lot of this is online dating, but not all of it, um, meaning finding people to date on your phone via an app, not just, yeah. yeah. So we're going to get into all of that, but let's take a quick break first. We are happy to welcome back Lion Rock Recovery as our sponsor. Lion Rock provides substance abuse counseling, but they do it in a way that's perfect for busy moms. So it is like traditional treatment in that it takes place via group sessions that are led by licensed counselors who are trained in the latest evidence-based treatment, but it all happens via video conference on a flexible schedule. So you can get help from home when it works for you. We know that being a mom can be really stressful. And a lot of you might wonder if you rely too much on alcohol or not even know really how to gauge your relationship with alcohol. And when you have little kids at home, an inpatient program could seem almost impossible unless things are really dire. And that's too bad because substance use issues are actually progressive. That means they get worse over time. So the earlier you get help, the better results you get. Lion Rock makes it possible to get help without completely disrupting your life, which is such a gift for moms with kids at home. Maybe you aren't even really sure if you need help, which is why we love that Lion Rock makes it so easy to gauge where you are in the way that's most comfortable for you. You can schedule a free phone consultation, live chat with one of their admissions counselors, or even take a free quiz on their website. It's totally private. We promise they aren't going to do a hard sell. If they don't think the program's right for you, they will be honest and make a referral to another resource if needed. So just go to lionrockrecovery.com slash mom to check out a special page they created just for our listeners and know that once you're there, everything is completely private and secure so you can explore in a way that feels comfortable to you. Again, it's lionrockrecovery.com slash mom. You can go there and do that live chat with the counselor or take the quiz and find out if Line Rock is a good choice for you. Hey, Megan, we are heading to Nashville in November. Woo-hoo. I'm so excited because you have been to the Blistem Conference before, but I have not. And I've never been to Nashville, so I'm doubly excited. And I'm excited because I love Blistem. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. And we are actually hoping that some of you listeners out there will join us for Blistem, November 14th through 16th. It's one of the premier conferences for lifestyle content creators. That's all of you writers, podcasters, speakers, entrepreneurs, social media mamas. 
all of you out there. So back when it was founded in 2008, Blistem came to life to develop conversations among bloggers and brands. And now over 10 years later, the Blistem community has evolved to become the leaders, teachers, and mentors in the writing, podcasting, influencer marketing, and content creation space. That is our space. That's where we live. Sure is. So if this sounds like a conference that you would benefit from, you and your business or your blog, head to themomhour.com slash Blistem. That's B-L-I-S-S-D-O-M. And use the promo code BLISS50 to save $50 off your registration. We would love for you to come hang out with us in Nashville in November. Again, we've got the link at themomhour.com slash Blistem. All right, Megan, for our new listeners, um, remind everybody when you became single this time around and kind of how long you've been in the dating scene. Yeah, so um, gosh, it's been over two years now. So it's been... Like the end of 2016 was when, like in fall of 2016, was when John and I were separating. Um, and then I began dating kind of in earnest in early 2017. So, yeah, it's yeah, been so two over. plus years. Okay. Yep. And then in that two years, I would assume it hasn't been, you know, a sustained yeah. level the whole time. Do you want to talk a little bit about like, the the ebbs and flows of sure. you know have there been any relationships have you totally not dated during periods of time there so it's been interesting i've realized i've gone through kind of some cycles so i did have a goal for myself which i don't know I, this is just a random thing when i was first alone <laughs> and like <laughs> trying to figure out what i was going to do next and i was like i'm going to date 25 people and i think i actually finally hit that number wow i actually think i may have hit that number yesterday and that would gone include on 25 first dates so first dates so that includes the so first like, dates Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I've gone on of those 25, I would say fully 20, uh, 18 of them were first dates and done. Okay. And done. So I like to call those. Um, maybe three made it to a second or third date. And then I had three relationships that were like three ish months. Okay. Each, but they tend to kind of follow a pattern. Like I'll kind of have like this three month thing and then a long period of nothing or like a period of nothing, like no activity at all. And then like some very um, like concentrated first date, first date, first date, first date. And then somehow found myself back in like something that's kind of growing. And then, you know, at some point I'd like to get out of that cycle, but that's kind of where I found myself. Yeah. And then have there also been times where you've like sworn off it for a while? I feel like you know, observing yeah. from where I am, yeah. it does feel like sometimes you're just like, I'm not into that right now. Or are you always? Uh, yeah, no, I have always, well, uh, and it depends like what you mean swearing it off because like swearing off the activity of looking for dates is very different from swearing off being open. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think there's only been like two periods when I was really just emotionally not in a place where I wanted to date at all. Um, I'm kind of coming out of one of those now. And then I was in one like a little over a year ago. And I really didn't date at all. Like Mm -hmm. at all, I wasn't on any apps. I wasn't looking. I wasn't going out. I wasn't talking to people. I wasn't even on option in my head. Um, And then there's other times when I'm not on the apps, which we'll talk a lot about. But I'm, but I'm not. I'm so I'm not actively looking on the apps. But I'm I'm very open. You still would totally Um, go on a date. It's not exactly like you're on a. It's not Lent. You've not given up dating for Lent or anything. Right, right, right. right. But sometimes I do decide it's time for me to hang that up for a bit. Um, so it's been kind of all over the place, but cyclical. Okay. Yeah. And then I, I wasn't planning on asking this, but I just think it's helpful to clarify. Will you just remind us, but not counting this last two year period, 
what are the other points in your life when you have been quote unquote, like dating eligible? And I'm happy to share mine too. Cause I think for uh, a lot of our listeners, a lot of people partnered up kind of young and, and you did too. Yeah. So did yeah. you have you other than the last two years, what were your other quote unquote, like dating windows? You know, what's funny. Um, I, so I, up until John and I got together when I was 18 okay. and then we were apart for a couple of years, but I had little kids. So mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I wasn't really dating available then. And I wasn't really meeting people because I had little kids, right? So that, I mean, the times I was dating available would be until the age of 18 and then a brief window between like 23 and 25. Um, I would not say, like the kind of dating I'm doing now where you go out with somebody once that maybe is new to you Mm -hmm. and you have dinner and you may never see them again. Like I've never done that before. Yeah. This is the first time. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so interesting. And I think a lot of our listeners are probably in the same boat. When we were planning this episode, you said, well, you can share about your date. And I'm like, I never dated, but that's not true. So I had, I had a serious high school boyfriend, I would say in college. So from 19, probably about 18, 19 to when Brian and I got together, I was 21. So that's only like three years. But in that three years, I did go on some first dates. I studied abroad for a year. I went on, I I went on several first dates the year that I lived in England. I was single the whole time. I had a couple college boyfriends that were shorter term. And in between, occasionally I would actually go on like a proper date or someone would ask you out. I mean, it was college, so it was different lifestyle. But I had to think like, have I ever been in a dating period of life? And I guess those three years between like 18 and 21. And then Brian and I got together when I was 21. So, And what's funny is it's hard to adjust from that. Like the last time that I was, you know, really single and, and available and looking to mingle, as they say. <laughs> um, in my town, you just, you didn't really date. Yeah. You just, you know, even when I went to college, like, you hung out in groups. Yeah. You decided you liked somebody and then you became boyfriend and girlfriend. There was no dating involved. Yeah. You went on dates after you were already together, sure. I guess. But like you, it just was very different. So this is really, it's hard to get used to this. Like it was mm-hmm. hard for me to mentally make that shift. Like there's no commitment here. There's no real investment. Like this is literally, it's just lunch or it's just dinner. Yeah. Like it really is just an opportunity to get to know people. And it's been, um, it's just been interesting. Like it's a big mindset shift. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so we need to really dive into these dating apps. Let's pretend yes. I know nothing, which is really uh, the only things I know are because I hang out with you a lot and I yeah. ask you questions. But a lot of our listeners probably don't know anything. So give me yeah. the basics, like I'll what give you are the, the apps? And then you just start talking and I will yeah. jump in with clarifying questions. Okay, so I learned about the apps when I was newly single from my millennial friends. Um, I like that you call them yes, just like my millennial capital friends. M millennial yes, friends. So By the way, listeners, friends. many of you are millennials and that is not a term of any kind of... It's no, not, no, it's just it's my younger just, friends who knew more than me and yeah. they happened to be single. Um, So they took me out for pizza and showed and, and what I thought was so hilarious was that they were trading phones and they were swiping on each other's on each other's profiles. So you because, already have to explain what that means. Okay. So I think probably the ones that are, people are most familiar with are tin, Tinder is probably the number one. Mm-hmm. And then Bumble is like kind of like Tinder's slightly more feminist um, <laughs> sister, I guess is the way I would describe it. There's plenty of fish, which is a hot mess. I will never download that one again. There's one called OKCupid. Okay There's like a ton, but I'm just going to talk about Tinder and Bumble. Okay. Those are the ones I have the most experience with. There's one called Hinge people are using now. Um, Coffee Meets Bagel. Like they keep coming up with new ones. And I live in a small town. 
in kind of a rural area. So I'm not going to have any luck on anything that's not pretty populated. Right. You need, so I'm you not need mass adoption. I need mass. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm not even really bothering with any of those. I did do plenty of fish and I'll just describe how Tinder, Bumble and plenty of fish are different. So Tinder, you, you create a profile. Okay. Um, it's got your first name, short bio, some photos, like I think up to six maybe. And then you, and then you set certain um, criteria, which would be age range and distance. So I might have Meaning, mine set. I'm already interrupting. You're setting criteria it's, it's for what you're looking based. for, but exactly. not your own age range. I'm nope, within this nope, age range, nope. but what no, you're you, looking that's for. In, that's in your profile. Okay. So like it says my age. I don't think there's any way to not have that in your profile. Okay. In my profile, it, it says like, you know, whatever I want people to know about me, which some people put literally absolutely nothing. So except their age and and it is location based. So you know how far away the person is from you. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't tell you anything. Like mm-hmm. they could be in any direction. Uh, I live by Lake Michigan, which means if I set my distance too big, it'll pick people up across the lake. So I'll get Chicago people. And that's like two hours. Like yeah. that's not, it might be 50 minutes as the crow flies or 50 miles as the yeah. crow flies, but it's not um, really close. So, okay. So once I've done that, like once I've put in my bio, my photos, and, say, and then decided my age range, which maybe I say, you know, 36 to 51 or something, whatever it is. I played with that sometimes. Um, and my distance range, then it shows me everybody who falls within that, within that criteria. Okay. And then I literally look at it. And if I think the person, if I like the person's bio, I swipe right okay. to say yes. And if I don't, I swipe left to say no. Now, I'll never know if someone swiped right on me unless I also swiped right on them. Okay. And then it's a match. Okay. Then we can communicate. Okay. And then I guess you just set up the date from there. Now, there are some weird little things that happen. Like, you can super like somebody. And I think, so it super like, like moves them to the top of the, and it's very easy to accidentally super like somebody <laughs> if you're like trying to scroll through their pictures or whatever. So if you super like somebody, then they... Then you like bump to the top of the list somehow for them and they will show up in your feed. I think I haven't quite figured this out, even if they don't meet the criteria. So it can be tricky because I've had people show up in my feed that are like 100 miles away. And I'm like, what? And then I find out it's because they super liked me. Oh, so, okay. Do you have like a limited number of super likes, like a video game? Like you only have so many... I think you you have to pay for them. I think you get like one free. I think you get one free every now and then. And, but I never would super like someone on purpose. So if I ever do, it's by accident. Okay. So Bumble is very similar. Um, pretty much everything I just said is very similar. Bumble does. I like their interface better. It's like just more user-friendly. Um, they also add things like questions, like, like little, like conversation starter questions that you can fill out or not, depending if you want to. Um, and like other things like your political views, the religious views, you don't have to put any of that in if you don't want to, but it sometimes does give you a little more to go on. Yeah. Um, and the Bumble, the big difference is if you match, the woman has to say hello first. Okay. And cannot initiate contact. Now this was supposed to be seen as like some kind of feminist thing. I think it actually just makes more work for women. Like what else is new? (laughs) And men are really crabby about it. Like in their profiles. I find it very funny. I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but men will use their precious bio, which doesn't have a lot of space in it to like tear down the women they're hoping will. I mean, like, I'm so tired of matching with people who never talk to me, like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh okay. So yeah, but, and you only have 24 hours. So I've made the mistake sometimes of like, 
before I fall asleep, I'm just kind of bored. I go through and, you know, swipe on some people on Bumble, get up the next day, see that I have matches, but I'm too busy to do anything about it. And then the next thing I know is the next day and they've all expired. Okay. So I need to dig (laughs) in on a couple questions about like the functionality again. So one of the, is Tinder the same? Whereas when you are swiping, you are, there is sort of a time sensitivity to this. This is not like in general, I like these people. You're the expectation is you swipe, you match. And then with the purpose of following up and, and starting a conversation, right? That is the purpose. But with Tinder, I don't believe there's any time sensitivity. Okay. So what really does happen is you will literally match with people and then they will sit in your little match okay. pile and ne- you will never speak to them. Okay. Okay. That's just the way it is. And then just to clarify something you said earlier, when you are shown these potentials, if somebody, Mr. Right somewhere has swiped left on you, which they shouldn't because you're very Why would they? wonderful. But if they had, you just wouldn't see them. So you would, would never, never see them. You would never see them. So someone has said, no, right. Megan's not for me because I'm a loser. I won't. See, yeah, no, yeah. I won't see them. Okay. That, that's what no. I thought. I but. mean, yeah. Or I see them. I swipe right. And nothing ever happens. But I don't think I see them. I think they just go away. But I'm not I haven't figured out their algorithm. I also think a lot of the people on there aren't real people. So I mean, it's like. You keep seeing the same dudes year after like time after time after time and they never they never interact with you and they seem a little too good to be true. Those so they're I just think are like bots. they're bots. They're like they're plants. They're yeah. plants by the by the apps probably, right? To make yeah. it seem Yeah, I think so. Okay. They're yeah. not like dudes pretending to be. They're not yeah, I get it. No, I'm sure that could also be a thing, but then they would probably bother to talk to me and they don't. Unless they okay. just really want a lot of ego stroking. So let's dig into this talk. So what it would oh, wait, be I was going to say one oh, thing about yeah, plenty of fish. So the reason I got off Plenty of Fish is because anybody can talk to you, even if you haven't swiped right on them. And that was so overwhelming and crazy. I was like, what is even happening? And I just deleted it and never got back on. Okay. I would love to hear if anyone's had any success in Plenty of Fish, because to me, it was like, what? I don't understand what's going on right now. It was right. insane. So. so let's talk about this, quote unquote, like now we're talking to each other. It's like yeah. texting within the app, right? Uh-huh. And, and how does this usually go? I'm, I'm, we're not even to the whole date yet part. We're just talking about like how much back and forth would there be? Uh, yeah, does it just totally really depend? depends. Totally depends. And I think when I first got on, frankly, I think when I first got on dating apps, I wasn't really ready to date. I was just playing around mm-hmm. and like testing the waters. So I did a lot of back and forth. Um because I didn't really want to meet anybody. So <laughs> I was, just I was kind, of, kind of afraid, it's right? It's fun messaging, fun chatting. It's messaging. Yeah. And I think I thought if someone, if everything lined up with someone, like if it was just like a perfect match, then I would meet them. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that there is a lot of downfalls to that. Um, for one thing, it's very easy to start building something up in your head that yeah. doesn't exist. You, you think of someone a completely different way than what they actually are like. And someone can be very witty um, and funny in text. And then you meet them and there's just no chemistry and that's fine if you haven't you know spent hours texting with them right um yeah so my now my I guess default is meet soon like meet sooner rather than later like if if we've exchanged a few messages and I'm reasonably sure you're not an axe murderer and like I'm in some way attracted to something about you let's just set up a date yeah I think that makes a lot of sense but I can see how you would approach it the other way because there is a lot you can get a feel for about someone and how they yeah. message. I mean, they're great people. Like yeah. the people that I've spent a lot of time messaging with when I've met them, I've thought, oh, that's a great person. I still think that it's not like a waste of time, but then you set yourself up for disappointment on both sides. And I just don't want to play that game anymore. Like I've done it. I don't want to do it again. Right. So, yeah. 
Okay, so let's move forward. If you have connected with someone via the app, I'm very curious how this changes, like, uh, you're going to meet them in person. So would would you typically, like, just go for a drink or go for lunch or something like that? Is that what would happen next? Yeah, typically. Yeah, it would be like a... Um, and again, like, I, I didn't mention this before. Tinder has gotten a reputation as being a hookup app. Mm-hmm. And um, I should mention that this conversation is going to be G-rated because the vast majority of my dates have been Mm -hmm. (laughs) G-rated. Like it really, I don't know anybody using those apps for that. And when you, they are using the apps for that, it's so easy to find it, figure it, you know, within like, it's like a a culture within the culture. Yeah, there is tells. And in fact, most people are very upfront about it right in their profile. So you don't even have to bother with them. So it, I mean, you do see a lot of really goofy stuff um, when you're actually swiping, but it's easy to avoid the people who are, just there for that. So right. yes. So the the next step would be, you know, meet for a drink or for lunch or whatever. And um yeah, so and then like it's what, kind how, of like being set up on a blind date, I yeah, guess. Yeah. So talk me through the very first, like you're walking into a restaurant to meet someone you've arranged to meet. You've seen pictures of them and had a few messages. I'm curious if you like if it feels like you know more about them than the old fashioned way or less about them. Like what are those first few minutes like? Like do you have the whole like profile picture let down like you're a lot shorter in person or you know heavier yeah. or whatever like just just talk about that that first well, encounter I've done very very little dating the old-fashioned way I will say that two of the three longer relationships I got into I met people in person and that's how we got to know each other it's completely different because when I've met when I met people in person I knew that I like I knew that I was attracted to them mm-hmm. like right away right that's why I continued to talk to them and that's why we set up a date with a you know so of the two people that I've ever, that I've gone, no, that's not true. I've probably gone on four, four or five dates with four or five people that I've met the old fashioned way mm-hmm. in a, in that someone connected us that knew us or I met them in real life. But of the four, the five of those say two have led to longer term relationships mm-hmm. of the 25 yeah. <laughs> um, app dates I've been on one mm-hmm. has, um, the rest mostly didn't even go to the second date. So it's completely different. Like there often is a lot of disappointment and it's not like their looks necessarily. It's just like, cause I, th- I think most people look more or less like their photos. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's just something you just don't get, like you don't have any body language. You don't see how they talk. Like you don't know anything about them yet. And now that I'm purposely not, I will say now that I'm purposely not talking with them too much, there's no disappointment. It's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Just um, you are, you yeah. are, it's the, the physical embodiment of swiping left, you're just doing it in person. You're like, exactly. no, to- totally. I'm just doing it in person. And yeah. then, you know, I've talked to people about this and I was like, you know, if you're out at a mixer or a cocktail party or you're at work or you're at a bar, you're mentally swiping left on people all the time. Oh, totally. Yeah. And right. You know, it's just that this just makes it so that both people know, <laughs> like both yeah. parties know the right swipe has happened. And I've actually talked to a lot of younger people who say it's kind of messing dating up because now they don't want to approach anybody. I haven't gotten that yet. I'm still fine. I could mm-hmm. totally walk up to anybody and talk to them in real life. I just don't meet a lot of single people around here. It's right. a very family oriented community. So most people are married. Yeah. Um, but I do think that that is a skill that's going away because now people want the validation that mm-hmm. that other person likes them before so they're willing safety. to put them. It's a safety thing. They don't yeah. want to put themselves or not even an insecurity thing. Like they don't mm-hmm. want to put themselves out there if there's a possibility they might get rejected. Yeah. It, it, actually, that's what I meant by safety. I said it yeah. wrong, but like, yes, yeah, so a security, like emotional security thing, not mm-hmm. like a physical safety thing. Yeah. Um. Do you feel like people 
okay, other than the information in your bio, do you like, you know, Google people and like try oh, yeah. and find no, out I as much as, Google. okay. I Google and I am a master at it. Yeah. Like if I have a first name, kind of know what they do and kind of have an idea of where they live, I can almost always find something. Have you seen that internet meme that was going around? Oh, yeah. Like no, someone I, yes. was like, oh, I, I can't find anything about so-and-so's ex-boyfriend online. And then the yep. other person's like, hold my beer. Like, Yes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I think I commented on that. Our friend Jessica yeah. Ashley, I think, posted that. And I said something like, no, I, I found someone's rap sheet once. We didn't meet. <laughs> um, but that was awkward because we had texted a lot. See, this is a reason to find out what you can before you involve yourself. Um, yeah, no, I, and I, you find out all kinds of things. You find out, you know, sometimes you find out things that you wouldn't want to ask, like how recently, like, did they divorce? Uh-huh. Because that's something I need to know. But like, sometimes you find out like they've got an Instagram picture from like a month ago with what looks like a wife in it. And you're like, hmm, that's interesting. So sometimes it's rarely been, I've ra- I rarely uncovered something so egregious that it made me not want to go on the first date, but it, it's information I like it's to have. Fill, yeah. And the, what I, the way I'm thinking about this is, like you said, if you're at a party or a mixer, your, your um, brain is pulling together. It's assessing and synthesizing a bunch yes. of different information all at once. It's what we do in human behavioral psychology. Like, it's how we make judgments. And, and they're not always correct judgments, but it's what we do when we look around at people. It's almost like the same thing is happening, but with a different framework and a different set of data points. So like, and it's happening like in stages, mm-hmm. not all at once. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. don't have the body language. You don't have the physical chemistry. You don't, but you do have a bunch of other stuff that you wouldn't have the other way. So it's just, it's, yeah, that's so interesting. Um, do you assume that people have Googled you? Cause you are very Googleable. I know that people have Googled me and it's sometimes extremely awkward cause they'll come to a date having listened to a bunch of the show. Um, <laughs> But I think a lot of dudes just don't think to do that. And probably a lot of women don't either. But it has happened before where I've been like, and there's a lot of like old unflattering pictures of me online and stuff like that. So I just try to take it with a grain of salt. Is it is, is there any unspoken rule about like, you, we both know that we've Googled each other, but we don't mention anything outside what's in the Tinder bio because we're going to pretend that we don't know all this other stuff? Or does it um, come up? You know, I have come to the I just, I'm all about transparency now. Yeah. I tell people, it's just going to come out anyway. And yeah. I don't want to accidentally let something slip. Yeah. And then later, you know, have them be like, how did you know that? I never told you that yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I just tell them. Yeah. And also I want to know what they're going to, like, what's their reaction going to be? And yeah. are they going to say, yeah, me too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's so. interesting. Okay. Well, we've got lots more to cover, but we're going to take a quick break and we will be back. So recently I stumbled across a pair of simple gold stud earrings that were once my grandma's and I realized, hey, I need some grown-up jewelry in my life. I really wanted a few classic pieces I would wear again and again, but that are quality enough that I might pass them down to Clara one day. But the experience of shopping for fine jewelry at a store has always felt intimidating to me, not to mention expensive. Our sponsor, Ana Luisa, makes it easy by offering high-quality, stylish jewelry that is much more affordable than what you'll find in a typical fine jewelry store. One thing I didn't know about the jewelry industry is that it takes 20 tons of earth mining to produce a single gold ring. So no wonder gold can be so expensive. Most brands won't tell you where the gold comes from, but Ana Luisa uses 100% recycled gold, so you don't have to worry about that impact. Also, big jewelry brands add on a huge markup, up to 10 times the cost of production. Ana Luisa eliminates the retail markup, so prices are much more accessible for the same high quality and genuine materials. In fact, Ana Luisa offers products from the same jewelers as Tiffany's and Louis Vuitton, And they are so confident in their quality that they offer a complimentary one-year warranty on every product. 
I was offered a piece of jewelry from Ana Luisa, and I had been looking around for a right-hand ring that looks stylish, but not cheap. I know that could be really hard to find. So I chose the stone ring in Palace Deep Blue. I love it. It's really understated, but eye-catching, and I know it's going to be an everyday piece for me. Also, the packaging was really pretty and felt luxurious, so just opening the box was a treat. So if you're also in the market to upgrade your jewelry, we've got a great deal for you. Go to www.analuisa.com slash the mom hour and use promo code the mom hour 10 for $10 off your purchase. Again, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com slash the mom hour for $10 off your purchase. And we'd love to know what you got. Okay, guys, we are well into June now and your phone is filling up with those great end of school and summer photos already. So do not miss this deal we've got going with chat books because it ends on June 30th. The code, I know, right? <laughs> Get it done. The code the mom hour gets you $10 off, which could actually cover the cost of a whole book because their soft cover books start at just $10. I love how easy the chat books app makes it to create a photo book right from your phone. You can use your Instagram feed or just the photos in your phone's library. I've actually gone back and made one book per year of just my favorite, you know, 30 or 40 photos for the year. And the kids love pulling them off the shelf to look through them. They're even just the right size for little hands. They've got a six by six or an eight by eight. So they're relatively small. The kids love to look through them. I know it seems like one more thing to do to download a new app and make a book, but I promise you guys, this is easy. And the $10 deal is going to go away at the end of this month. So get the app, make a book, Use that code, the mom hour, and you will thank us later. So do it. Yes. I think this is going to be my weekend project. (laughs) Yes. All right. So I think we've covered like actually the apps and that is so fascinating how all this happens. So I want to just know, like, are, do you have fun on most dates? Are they, do you kind of dread it? Is it torture? Is it a mix of fun and torture? Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, here's the thing. Like I almost always find something to enjoy about a date. I like meeting new people. I'm curious about new people. Um, I'm good at keeping the conversation going. Like I really excel in a first date situation. Mm -hmm. So most of them are at least fun enough that I don't hate it. Mm -hmm. The problem is most people that I go out with tend to interpret my, uh, enthusiasm, enthusiasm and engagement as enthusiasm about them. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really know how to, I'm still figuring out how to like navigate that because I often have to let people down who thought it was a a fantastic date. And I'm like, Oh, I had fun, but I'm not going out with you again. Or or like we can be friends or whatever. But like, so that's something I haven't, like, I don't want to go on a date and be a big like buzzkill because I don't want to be romantically involved with someone. And if I'm having fun and I like them, like there really have been friendships that I've gotten out of dates. Like I've Mm -hmm. gone on plenty of dates where I have kept in touch with the person in, in very loose ways. Like, you know, we text every now and then yeah. or we're Instagram friends or whatever. Like most of them have worked out that way. But like, I don't want to ever, I'm not going to tell someone, you know, like during the date, eh, you're not really as fun as I thought you'd be. Or gosh, I wish you were, I wish I was more attracted to you. Like, I'm just not going to do that. So then, and sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I have to go home and really think about it. Like, yeah, I had a good time, but what did I learn? And is this something I want to do again? Yeah. And what about the, the good date? time is, is, chemistry and relationship and what about it was just good conversation and good food. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say most dates are fun. There's been a few that have been real weird and, (laughs) um, and usually it's the figuring out what to do afterward. That for me is the hardest part. That makes a lot of sense based on your personality. I mean, you are Mm -hmm. a natural extrovert. You, you excel at bringing people in and making people feel really comfortable. I mean, that's a, 
that's a natural skill set you have. So therefore, I can see how that would almost be construed as like leading someone on, which of yeah. course you're not you're not leading them on, but because you're naturally kind and engaging, they think, "Oh my gosh, Megan's my my dream wife." And you're yeah. like, "Oh no, that was just that was just a Plus good the date, burger." They've gotten to know one little thing about me and I've known one little thing about them. So it's like it's very easy and I it's very easy when you're that kind of person to also get caught up in what they think about you. So like I can tell this person thinks I'm super fun. That means I feel like I'm super fun. And that means this person brings out in me this side. And like, it's easy to kind of like start that spiral a little bit mm -hmm. um, to where you both get like caught up in a, something that isn't really, you haven't really tested it. You don't know if it's real mm -hmm. and you need some, like I have learned, I just need to give myself space mm -hmm. afterward from it to, so that I don't then go, yeah, great. Let's move on to the next one. And the next one. And the next thing I knew, like I'm three months down the path and, um, don't know how I got there. I also think it's easy. One thing that has really, um, I've noticed has happened a lot. I'm sure women do this too. In fact, I, I know for a fact that women do this too, because I've talked to um, close friends of mine who are men who are dating and this happens, but it's easy for someone to look at me and go, okay, well, she's not going to do whatever my ex did to me. Like, right. So like, mm -hmm. whatever, that's off the table. Um, she seems sane, like has her stuff together, interesting career, all these things, and then put you up on a pedestal. And that's mm -hmm. not, I hate that mm -hmm. because it doesn't give you any room to be human. Mm -hmm. And also they're going to find out all my bad stuff. It's just going to take a couple months. Right? right. So like, I don't want to go into something with the assumption being that I am like perfect in some dream person because right. I'm not. And, and there is nobody, nobody's 41 years old and happy to be on a dating app. Yeah. Like we're all there. Cause we, <laughs> we like from the most part, we're not there like having the time of our lives and just want to stay there. We're there for the purpose in mind. And we can, it's easy to delude yourself. Okay. On that's both sides. really fascinating. I have a question that isn't in our outline, but I'm dying oh, sure. to know how you answer it. And that is how does your Enneagram number show itself Ooh. in your dating style? And for those at home, if you don't know what Enneagram is, we'll link up our favorite resources in the show notes. And Megan is a two. So yeah, I'm a two. So I'm the helper. Okay. Well, one thing I literally want to be the person I'm dating's dating Sherpa and help them be a better date. Like I literally, I, I throw the <laughs> biggest softballs. Like I make it really easy for them to feel like they're doing a great job at the date, even if they're not. Um, so you contort your own self. I think, I don't even know that I contort myself. I think I just work really hard to bring out the best in the person. Okay. And, and, and then I react like to a that. Superstar. Yeah. And then I react to that best side because everyone has one, which is why I think first dates can actually be really fun. Like, I think it can be really fun to see someone like try to come out of their shell a little bit and then help them along and like pull something out. Like to me, that is like extremely rewarding in a weird way. But then it's not so rewarding when it turns out I don't want to date them. Right. And, <laughs> and then they, like, and then they're in love they, with you because yes, right. you've they, like, they think something happened that didn't really happen. It becomes kind of this weird illusion. But there's no other way for me to do it. I'm not just going to go sit there and be stony faced and not myself because that's how I would talk to somebody. If I was out at a bar right now and I met a total stranger next to me, I would have the exact same conversation with them as I often would have like on a date. Like I would react, like interact with them yeah. similarly. Um, and I remember having conversations um, actually with my ex-husband and he wasn't mad at me about it, but he was like, you know, like people think you're flirting with them. He's like, I know you're not, right. but they think you are because you're talking to them mm -hmm. <laughs> and you, you act like you care, 
and it, they don't they're not used to that. It's a social flirtation. It's a I yeah. know, I know that I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and I would cuz I would always be confused like why I think I was having a conversation with someone and then it would get weird. I'd be like, "Why well, was just talking?" And it was like, "No, it's because most people a lot of people don't experience that mm-hmm. in that kind of environment." And so it's like, "Oh, but then I haven't figured out how to tone myself down." So mm-hmm. it's just it's just who I am. I don't know. Okay. I like it. Yeah. All right. So tell me the worst date you've ever been on. <laughs> well, I had one. So I'm going to talk about this one because it was just so odd in so many ways. Um, maybe as ago, I'm talking. How long ago? Uh, this? this would have been the last, not last summer, but the summer before last. Okay. Um, like toward the end of the summer. So, uh, so the guy was like, it was one of those like weird, like it just quickly happened. Like we matched. Um, he suggested he was like in town scoping out St. Joe and he wasn't sure he was going to move here or like one of the other neighboring towns, but whichever one he picked, he was going to be pretty close by. Um, so he was just like meeting people and it felt very low key because he wasn't even living here yet. Mm-hmm. And he suggested we meet at the beach and just like walk up and down the beach, which I thought was like score because it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. Didn't take any time out of my day. Yeah. Um, the longest it could possibly take is an hour. Like no food involved. No, no awkward. Who's paying for what? Like mm-hmm. it just felt like the best. So I said, sure. Well, then he messages me like 10 minutes before we're supposed to meet. And I was out running kids around and he told me to bring my swimsuit. And I'm like, I am not getting in a swimsuit <laughs> on a first date. What are you thinking? And I was like, no, I think the water is going to be pretty cold today. Let's just walk. Plus I'm not near my yeah. house. So then I went there and we so were walking on the beach, but he kept dropping behind so oh he could gosh. check me like my butt out and stuff and like my legs. And like, I think I was just wearing shorts, but he was just like sizing me up the entire time. Oh. And we finally get to the part of the and he I mean, he kept talking about how much money he had and it was just kind of a ridiculous conversation. And then we got to around to kids and he asked me how many kids I had. And I told him I had five and he was kind of like affronted. He's like. I'm just really surprised you didn't put that in your profile. I mean, what do you think people are going to say? And I was like, you know, sometimes I have, and I'm sure we'll talk about that too, but sometimes I have put kids in my profile. I don't ever put their pictures on my profile. I think that's odd and I don't do it. Um, But I, like, sometimes I mention that I have a big family. Sometimes I just in very passing way mention I'm a mom. You don't have many words and it's hard to figure out exactly what the criteria are to write about yourself to like, convey who you are so while being a mom is a huge part of my life like is it relevant to someone who might want to get to know me on a first date like right. I'm not looking for a dad for my kids and, so and you don't and your kids are older that I do older, think that makes a big difference it, it does make a big difference and, and I don't but I'm not going to use my bio as a place to do all the qualifying right of that either right so um so <laughs> Got done with a date. It was just very uncomfortable. And he's like, well, a lot of women, you know, that's the first thing they say, or they put their kids right in their profile. And he's like, I don't know that I agree with that. But like, he, he felt like he went, like he was so critical of everybody he's ever like seen. And I find that to be a big red flag when yeah. guys are really critical of all, every other woman they've ever dated or mm-hmm. everybody who's on apps, like usually the problem is with them. So mm-hmm. there's just certain red flags I've learned. Um, but after, anyway, after the date, I got in my car and sped away. And then he texted me a few minutes later and said, you have, what did he say? Thanks for coming out. You have really nice legs. Oh my gosh. And I said, yeah, I think I'm pretty smart and a good conversationalist too. Yeah. And he, and then 
he was like, oh, yeah, that too. And I said, um, I just kind of let him. I don't remember exactly how I got out of I it. I love that you and, responded that way. <laughs> Wait, who says that? Like, of all the things you could say to somebody, even if it's true, I do have great legs. But you even do. if it's true, you say like, you could say like, you have a great smile. I like your laugh. But you also say like, it's nice I really too. enjoyed talking yeah. to you. It was nice to meet you. Yeah. It was so weird. He was so weird. Oh so my gosh. I've had a handful of those. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Where someone was just, I, I mean, even then I wouldn't say the date itself was necessarily, oh, there was the other guy. This one was more recent who told me there is always a line between holding back and disclosing way too much. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy who within 45 minutes of the date told me that he had had two affairs on his ex-wife. Oh my. Two. And I'm like, what do you want me to do with this information? Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about you. And I know things happen. I'm not like a judgy person. Like there's all kinds of things happen. Life right. is life. Human beings are imperfect. Don't tell me you cheated on your wife twice yeah. on the first date. In the first 45 minutes. In the first 45 minutes of the first date. Like I just, I don't want to hear it. I mean, it did help me weed him out. Yeah. So I guess he did me a favor, but oh my anyway. God. So funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the kid thing. So this, the guy who, you know, ratted you out for or reamed you out for not disclosing the number of kids, when does that typically come up? Like how much do you, do you feel any obligation to say I have five kids at any point in the conversation? Do guys ask, do guys talk about their kids? So I found a huge difference between men who have kids and men who don't men who don't have kids for the almost always just never think ask how many kids I have. Um, I think in their heads, like two is normal. So that's probably how many I have. Like it would never <laughs> occur to them that I have five. It might, yeah. I might have one. I might have three, but like five is, and plus I look pretty young. You I look mean, I am very young. young and started your family young. So it's like the right. doubly young. You don't yes. look 41, but you also started having kids at 20. So it's right. There's layers of shock. There's layers. And, and I just, I don't think I seem like somebody who has a bunch of kids. Like I, like the idea of the person who would have like, a bunch of kids and be super frazzled and like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't think I fit the mold in a lot of ways. So it just never occurs to men without kids to ask like ever. And so in those situations, it usually comes up at some point during the date. Cause I'll mention, I always find a way to mention my kids or mm-hmm. bring them up and then they'll ask. And what I like to do is just slowly hold up my hand with five fingers extended <laughs> and then watch their faces. <laughs> it's the best. Like do they- just imagine you said, so how many kids do you have? And I just hold up my hand. And oh I just gosh. hold it up. And then they're like, five? And then their eyebrows shoot up and it's hilarious. Do they try and like, like kind of temper their reaction or are they just like? Jump? I mean, yeah. Uh, sometimes they'll kind of backpedal and just be like, wow, you just don't seem like somebody would have five kids. And then I'll usually say that, you know, I started young and most of them are older and I'll talk about them. And like, it's, it's very funny. I, I find it actually, it's one of my favorite things. It's like a little... I guess to be like a little shock jock. On the well, date. I've been, I've been in mixed company just with women who don't know yeah. you. And it's usually, I mean, the five, the five is surprising, but we tend to hang out with moms of many right. kids. It's how old your oldest is. I, yeah. I, I love to watch people be like, wait, how, wait, what? <laughs> how old? Wait, right, how? you like, cause they think you have a bunch of little kids cause you look right. very young. And, and then you're like, yeah, I have a 21 year old. So I, I yeah. enjoy watching that shock. Um, what about guys with kids? Um, so guys with kids typically ask before we, so 
Very rarely have I gotten gone on a date with a guy with kids where it's never come up how many kids I have because it, we, in we the banter chatting, about it. In the, in the chatting. In the texting. Yeah. Okay. Because usually there's just one of those things that comes up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it just, it's, it's just a natural thing. Even if we only send back and forth like a dozen text messages, generally speaking, it comes up. Now, that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it doesn't. I, I think that they tend to be sometimes like, wow, but it's not as shocking. Maybe they've just seen more stuff. Right. Guys without kids typically like to talk about their dogs as though they were kids. <laughs> and I will say that men, especially men who've never been, never had children, and especially, especially men who've never been married by my age, really have a thing for their dogs. And it sometimes it's like problematic for me. <laughs> I can like, see that. They're more into their dogs than I'm into my kids. Yeah. Really or they assume I'll be as into their dogs as I would hope someone would be into my kids. I yeah. Guess. I like, don't know. Like, like it's, it's an like, equal I like playing dogs. field. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So I don't know. It's, oh you know how I feel about dogs. I love my dog, but. Yes. I No, you and I are the same about I that. I don't love everyone's dogs. Um, <laughs> so. What about talking to your kids about the dating you've done? That's like probably could be a whole separate episode. But now that they're older and you've been mm. doing this for a while, I would assume in the beginning you were, you know, pretty like careful or guarded. But do they know that you just occasionally like go on a date, try and meet people like have yeah, there been conversations? I don't talk about it a whole lot. I'm pretty nonchalant about it. They've yeah. only ever met one person. They've only ever met one person I've dated knowing that I was dating them. Mm-hmm. Um, they did meet the first person that I dated for any length of time. Actually, the first two. But never I never said I'm dating this person. It was, it was just like this is. Yeah, yeah this is so and so. And then the last one, he did come around as my boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, which was new for me and very uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. that was something I, I really thought long and hard about doing. Um, and actually worked out pretty well. Cause now Isaac works for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it worked out. Like I do think there's some benefit to those relationships. I had another like guy that I dated for a short period of time who helped me set up one of my kids with like an interview at a, like there's sometimes like little benefits to it that they don't even realize they're getting. Well, and because of who you are, like you are a natural connector and you are not, you're a, you're a positive, happy. What am I trying to say? Like you're not a, um, like a vengeful or vindictive person. So therefore you're keeping these people as just extended parts of your circle. So it would make sense yeah. that they would, it, it wouldn't, you, you would stay friends with them or they would yeah. continue to just like orbit around you as acquaintances. Yes. Yeah. And that does happen to, to varying degrees. And I've got people who I'm very close with, who are very good friends with, who have been former, you know, boyfriends or, or love interests. Yeah. And also people that I just have like loose connections with that I stay, you know, that I have that, that benefit from that. And I benefit from that. So overall, I think dating has, um, expanded my social circle in a really positive way. And it's given me like a lot of practice. Yeah. Like a lot of practice that I never really had um, during a time when I'm, I don't really know what I want to do. Like, it, it's nice to think about being in a relationship, but I also like the way my life is and yeah. I'm not in a big hurry to change my kids' lives. Yeah. And so it, it just kind of allows for some, I don't know, like it allows for me not to hang out with my brother every night of the week, which yeah. I otherwise would and have done. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. So who knows where this story will go? So I want to finish talking about small town life. And one thing we haven't talked a lot about yet is the old fashioned way of dating, yeah. the olden days. So maybe you can talk both about the apps, but also, you know, meeting someone through friends or through an acquaintance yeah. or at a bar and just talk about 
remind everybody, first of all, how small a town we're talking about and how that's impacted this. Because I would imagine you get on a dating app and there's people on there that you know, like your kids. Oh, yeah. No, it happens all the time. Yes. Okay. So I I do want you to talk about both the apps, but also the old fashioned way and just, yeah, Yeah. just go and I'll, I'll jump in. So I live in a town of about 10,000 people, but this is like the county seat, by far the largest city in probably a 30 mile radius. Okay. Um, so all the little villages around are 2,000 people, 5,000 yeah. people, blah, blah, blah. It is not a populous area, which means you really, uh, I think I figured out pretty quickly that if I kept my dating pool um, too small, I was going to soil the pool pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no way to get around doing that. You don't even have to do anything wrong. It's just that if you date all the single people within a five mile radius, like now you're Every time you go to the store, you're running into someone you went on a date with. It's yeah. awkward. And I don't like, I don't want to do that. I don't have anything against dating local people. I've done it. Um, I've made some like friends that have been people that I've gone on a date or two with. And that's been great. It's just like, I kind of felt the need to either be very selective because you just know things about people you live in a community with. Um, yeah. Good or bad. It's you you look at who they're friends with and you look at the area of town they live in and you look at their affiliations and you make judgments about mm-hmm. that, which could be fair or unfair. It's just the way things are. It's mm-hmm. just small town politics. So I find that when I branch out, I'm a little more open minded, but I'm also not as worried about the outcome because like I feel like I just take better risks. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I would be more likely to go out with someone who's not my usual type mm-hmm. who lives in a town 45 minutes away. OK, so so, so you know what I mean? It's just less, your your radius. Yeah, I've had to expand it. And I haven't, so I have not done local, uh, recently, I've not done a ton of local dating, partly because I learned pretty quickly that the pool here is very shallow mm-hmm. and full of brackish waters. <laughs> um, but also just that it feels like if I'm going to meet the right person locally, it's probably going to be through a shared connection. Like right. someone's going to introduce me to that person. I know enough people now, they know I'm single. If there's someone out there that like is right for me, I can just trust my social circle to help make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I also live in a tourist town. So in the summer, mm-hmm. should I want to go, you know, hang out at like the tourist hotspots, then I can be everyone's favorite townie, I right. guess. But that's <laughs> tricky too. And like, I don't, what is the long term? Like, why would I do that? Yeah. Like, it's fun for a night with no expectations just to go talk to people. That's always fun. But like, I, I wouldn't do that as a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what about, have you been set up or met people the traditional way in your town? I have not been set up on one date. Okay. Not one person has set me up on a date, which I find kind of, I don't know, surprising. Yeah. I really thought by this point, two and a half years into this, that that people would be making that connection. I just think that this is a really hard place for that to happen. Um, and what about, just, yeah, no, sorry. But, but I have met people just randomly. Okay. Like just so yeah, let's talk people. about that. So if you're out with a group of friends and you mm-hmm. see somebody, they see you, is it like the olden days? Do people go over and, you know, strike up a conversation or offer to buy you a drink? Like do, do people even know how to do that anymore? Um, I think that people my age and older still know how to do it. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's tricky around here because everybody assumes everybody else is in the same boat, like married with kids. Yeah. And you can't always necessarily tell by if they're wearing a wedding ring or not. Like right. it's just you it's don't want to really accidentally. Like, yeah. And it's just really it. hard to suss it up. So there's certain places that I can go be with a group of friends, see someone I think is attractive and I know nothing is going to happen unless I wait it out. Like mm-hmm. the only way something is going to happen is if I wait till like closing time and like we go someplace else. Like there are certain places that are just kind of the divey bars that make it easy to stand up by the bar and have a conversation, mm-hmm. but those don't ever go anywhere. Those yeah. are like, I've never, I, I've had lots of fun conversations, but like, yeah, it's just never been something that's, um, again, it's fun and I don't mind doing it, but it, it hasn't had the outcome. I guess that I would be looking for, but do I'm you, still very open to it. And I do, do talk to think, people. Have you like compared notes with friend, single friends in larger cities or more populous suburbs? And are there different flavors of the same problem? Or is it truly like this small town thing is its own animal? I mean, I'm well, asking you to speak for others. Yeah, so I no. don't know how much, how much I've anecdotal. Yeah, I, I mean, just from my experience being in cities, it's easier to find people to talk to. Yeah. I don't know that I don't know that in the end it really is any different. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, you still have all the same relationship challenges, but Right. And it's just a bigger pool, but mm-hmm. there's still the same proportion of eligibility. Singles and non singles and um in cities people tend to be much older when they get married or have kids. So like it that skews the ages even a little bit more. Like mm-hmm. Here, the first wave of divorces is happening kind of like around my age. Mm-hmm. So I, ex- I expect a fresh crop in about two years. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like in the city, people might not even be getting married yeah. until like very recently. And that skews things. I, I will also say that I have um, kind of a knee jerk and probably totally unfair now. Not bias against, but like apprehension mm-hmm. about men who are my age and have never been married or had kids mm-hmm. particularly never like no kids that's fine um sometimes it just doesn't happen but if they've never made a long-term commitment to anybody I sometimes think like what does that mean mm-hmm. like what happened and mm-hmm. maybe that's unfair of me but like it makes like I need to know that there's someone like whoever I'm talking to has faced some adversity in their lives yeah. like things haven't gone to plan they've had to make sacrifices for other people they've had to um put their own um, needs and wants aside. And like, just from experience now, like, I'm not sure if the fact that someone is my age and hasn't had to do that is a, is a deal breaker or not. I'm still yeah. figuring that out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. So yeah, the, I think that going into a more populous area just skews the, the demographics a bit, but I don't think it really changes the basic eligibility yeah. or the process. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah. just to wrap up, um, is there anything you'd do differently if you were kind of starting out now? Or maybe we do have some newly single moms listening. Um, like what yeah. what wisdom have you gleaned? How has your outlook changed? Is there anything you would do differently? Um, so it's very easy for me to look back and go, well, I started dating way too soon because I did. Mm-hmm. But like, I just did like, you know what I mean? Like I knew I was at the time. I knew I was too soon. I knew I wasn't really ready to date, but it was like, I just felt like I needed to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't make any long-term bad decisions. I yeah. think I was pretty good. I think I was pretty wise and pretty good about getting out of stuff before I got in over my head. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I, 
that I think I did right. Mm -hmm. I think that there were probably situations I got myself into that were uncomfortable and awkward and that I had to get myself out of and sometimes painful that I probably could have avoided had I just given myself time to be single. But not everyone's cut out to just like say, you know what, I'm just going to embrace being single. I was used to being partnered. I've been partnered for nearly 20 years. And so like that was just an unreasonable expectation to put on myself. It sounded good. And that's what, you know, a therapist probably would have told me to do, Mm -hmm. but, but I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I had disproportionate then reactions to things not working out later with other people because I probably hadn't dealt with it sufficiently, Mm -hmm. like during the divorce process, like probably that's when I should have been doing like the big time grieving and all that. And I kind of delayed it, but that's okay too. Like I was dealing with life then. Like I had to get through the day and, like figure out what I was going to do and like put one foot in front of the other. I didn't also really have time to really soak in the personal side of it. Yeah. Um. So I'm not like mad at myself about that. Yeah. So it would be very easy for me to go like, oh, I should have waited like at least, you know, six months to be completely single. And then I should have dated a whole bunch of people really casually and I shouldn't have gotten in any relationships, but I'm not even sure if I think that's true. I yeah. think that's what other people would say I should have done. Yeah. And in your, your trajectory was your trajectory for a reason. Exactly. So it, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. All right. Is there anything we haven't, I mean, we haven't. no, I know. There, a lot I don't more. think so. You know a lot more now. Do you yeah. feel like you uh, have an understanding of this crazy world? I do. Yeah. I do. I still feel like I need to see the app. I don't think I've ever, I don't even think you've ever shown me, even when we've been together. No, I should. Um, I should let you swipe for me sometime because oh I don't gosh. care anymore. You can. I take it very unseriously. Um, I guess I would say one thing I would say is if you're, you know, if you are listening and you're newly single, um, so many people are going to have opinions about how you should run your single life. Like mm-hmm. so many people are going to have opinions about who you should date, when you should date, how you should date. And it's really hard not to take those all to heart. Um, but they don't you're you mm-hmm. and and you're going to figure this out. And if, if you decide that it's time to introduce your kids to someone and it doesn't fit someone else's timeline, or you decide that you're going to break up with someone who seems really promising because it's just not right timing for you or whatever it is, this is like your life. Like you get to decide right. and your kids are going to be fine. I love that. Well, that you're not going to have like, you know, uncle Joe climbing in and out of your bedroom window at night. I assume. And <laughs> I think everything else probably is if you do it intentionally and mindfully, I think you're going to be fine. I think, well, there's nothing more to add <laughs> after that. But, but before the Uncle Joe comment, I was going to say that that advice is so consistent with everything else we talk about on this show, which right. is it's your decision and the kids will be all right. Like in yeah. general, I, I understand like we never mean to use that as an oversimplification, but in general, you get to decide what works yeah. for you. And in general, the kids will be all right. So I just yeah. like that it's 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 consistent. It is with, consistent. Yeah. And you will see people who will like, you know, you, what you'll see is people conflating two things. So you'll say something like, I've decided to introduce my kids to this person. And people will be like, well, that's a terrible idea. Because when I was growing up, my mom had a new boyfriend every month and they were in and out of my lives and I never saw them again. And then you just have to step back and go, well, that's not what I'm talking about. Right, right. I'm right. going to like... I'm not changing my kids' lives overnight. I'm not, you know, yeah. making them move in with a bunch of like other kids. I'm not like, like, it, even if you were doing that, maybe you're doing it in a way that works for you. And yep. like, I have, like, I know we all have that story or maybe that's our story. Maybe mm-hmm. we're the ones who grew up with a, you know, with like a parade of step parents or boyfriends and girlfriends of our parents and we feel rotten about it. And that's fine. That means we're going to do things differently, but I don't think we have to react 
and go so far in the other direction or react to other people's realities mm-hmm. that we're so hard that we're afraid to be ourselves. Like, yeah, you can talk to your kids about this stuff. They don't yeah. have to know the nitty gritty. They don't know what I do on my dates or like after my dates or yeah. any of that stuff. But they know that like that's part of life. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not like a nun. Yeah. I'm, and I'm I'm someone besides just their mom. Yeah. I'm their mom. But I have like my own life. And yeah. I think that that's good for them. It's good for them to know about it in a peripheral way but not make it their problem or their issue. Yeah. yeah. Just like they are about all things with their parents because yeah. you are peripheral to them. Like yeah. you're important to them, but you're really kind of, they're more important. They're more important to them than you are to yeah. them. Yeah. So <laughs> if you just let that proportion, you know, stay. Right. Then whatever choice you make is going to be fine. Right. I love it. Okay, guys. Well, if you have thoughts or questions, you can always reach us. Hello at themomhour.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know what you think. If you have had crazy single dating experiences or want to validate. Oh, I want to hear. Yeah, we want we want to hear. It can be very anonymous or, you know, we won't shout it from the rooftops if you ask us not to. Okay, guys, um, we will be back with you soon. And Megan, thanks for being so open. This was fun. Yeah, this was fun. 